Message from Starfleet Command, top priority. You are listening to the Trek Ranks Podcast, a member of the Tricorder Transmissions Podcast Network. This is episode 144, featuring the top five Trek gambles. Welcome, Star Trek fans. I am Jim Morehouse. I'm the host of the Trek Race Podcast. And tonight, we are doing our fourth live episode of Trek <laughs> Another live convention show. And tonight, we're back in Vegas. So we're doing the top five Trek gambles. And that's a perfect topic. Perfect topic for this uh, for this venue and this location. And we have four participants with us tonight, including me, five. We have a studio audience. Let's go through it. We'll introduce everybody at the same time. We got Alex Perry returning for his 20th Trek Ranks appearance. Deb Maltasanti is in the room for her Jamie McGregor is back for appearance Hello. number five. And Josh Zeller Jamie. also in the five-time club now. We're here for his fifth appearance. So, we'll get jackets made. Yes. <laughs> I want to be added onto the pin. I, I love it. There's That pin was created in 2017. Where's the pin? Right here. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's get into this. We're going to have another raucous show, and we're going to get into our Trek Race recalibration right now. What are you recalibrating? Everything. Um... It's, it's a sweeping, uh, a recalibration of all systems. As regular listeners would know by now, General Order number one of the Trek Ranks podcast, and we love Trek, love to rank Trek via some deep dive topics just to get the conversation started. And remember, it's not about the ranks. That's just our excuse to talk about Star Trek. And as the Vulcan Master likes to tell us each week... Infinite diversity. In infinite combinations. No wrong answer. It's not about being right or definitive in any way. So share the things we love about Trek. And we love it all. From TOS to TNG, straight to the Enterprise, the Kelvin timeline, and now Discovery, Picard, Strange New Worlds, Short Treks, Lower Decks, and Prodigy. I finally wrote those down. So I wouldn't forget. And the animated series. And the animated series. I did not say that. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> it's all fair game here on the Trek Ranks Bucket. No, I did cover the animated series because I said from TOS to uh, TNG, yeah. straight through to Enterprise. So it is covered in my spiel that you hear every week and are very sick of. And one final reminder. Oh, no, we have Black Alert. Black Alert. Black Alert. And a reminder that this episode of Trek Breaks is current through 854 episodes of Star Trek, which currently means the season premiere of Star Trek Lower Decks, third season, Grounded, which premiered last night. Woohoo! And a final reminder, we use episodes as a shorthand term, but the 13th films are always in play. I boosted power to the communications bandwidth. Okay, we appreciate that, Mr. Kim. You can find Trek Ranks on subspace at trekranks.com. And you can connect with me directly on Twitter at trekranks or at Enterprise Extra, or you can call and leave us a message with your own picks at 609-512-LLAP at 609-512-5527. Okay, we're gonna go around the horn and hear how we can get a hold of all of our guests on subspace. Debbie, we're starting with you because we're going around the circle, right to left. At SilverGo25 on Twitter. Jamie. Uh, JMac underscore ref on Twitter. Josh. Madcap 
of science on Twitter. Josh, you were just on like one or two episodes ago, right? Yeah, we talked about the yeah. uh, top five uh, Strange New Worlds moments. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. three episodes yeah. ago. Alex Perry. At Alexander T. Perry. Also on TikTok. Weekly Trend. <laughs> <laughs> has to be done. On TikTok. <laughs> okay, I think we're ready to activate our level one diagnostics to get into this show. Run a level one diagnostic series. Come. All right, so really quick, this is going to be like 30 seconds. A Trek gamble is actually a super broad topic. Can mean anything. Could be in-universe, could be out-of-universe, could be production-related, could be literally gambling. There's a lot of gambling in Star Trek. 500 quadrants on the newcomer. Or it could be a life-and-death situation. It could be a small thing. I don't know. There's a lot of ways to look at Trek gambles. So I can't wait to hear how everyone breaks it down in their prime directive. So we're going to do that right now. But what you're proposing is exactly the kind of tampering the Prime Directive prohibits. Okay, Debbie, we're starting with you. How did you break it down for your for your picks? I ended up finally going with um, production gambles. Okay, this is awesome. Okay. They're, they're mostly my yep. secondary yes. system. That's it. So just that's like it. Production gambles. Production, like the, the writers, the, this yep. is the directions uh, that... that showrunners chose to go it might be for a single episode because it was something unusual in the way it was filmed or just a choice of storyline but production gambles i love it but i I will say paid off i have a few of those in my secondary systems jamie how'd you break it down i thought about that and went in the entirely opposite direction and went with actual on-screen kind of decisions that were made. I tried to uh, steer away from things that could just be considered big decisions, you know, uh, you know, is, is this, uh, you know, uh, or, or risky decisions or something like that and tried to think of actual examples of either gambling in track or a decision that might be considered a gamble. So that's kind of where I went. Okay, that sounds similar to me. And no. Josh Zeller, how about you? How did you break it down? Um kind of more looking outside at the show, outside in, you know, decisions about production, story, things like that. How did it affect the overall franchise? The biggest consideration I had was just whether it was a big gamble where they roll in the hard six, as Commander Adama would say in another <laughs> franchise. Uh, and, uh, yeah. I love it. So out, so out of universe, pretty much. So yeah, a bit. You know, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Alex? 100% in-universe. Uh, characters making very risky decisions that they genuinely don't know the outcome for going in and that you as the audience are like, I don't know if this is going to work out well for you or not. Okay. Mm. That's similar to me. I went back and forth on all these because there's so many different ways to look at it, but major gambles is a big thing of mine. So like mine was like, there was a safe alternative, Yeah, but they went for the gamble to really have a better outcome or result. Yeah. And if they hadn't done the gamble, they had a they they probably would have been okay. To me, that makes it kind of a bigger a bigger gamble because because you're yeah. you're gonna die. You're safe, gonna, you could have played it safe and survived, or you're gambling and you yeah. could die. So that's kind of where it went. Okay, that made no sense. Anyway, <laughs> who cares? Let's get going first. Can I get to introduce us to the new order of things? It'll be alphas like us that determine the future of this quadrant. That will be the new order of things. 
Thank you for connecting on As always, a quick reminder on how we're going to go through the order of things. First, everyone will start with their five-word summary and hashtag to tease their picks, and we'll each reveal our top five Trek gambles and the specific reason we're highlighting it and the episode that it appears in and associate to. And at the end, we'll ask everyone for a few secondary system selections for the picks that just missed our list. And as always, if we have any duplicate picks, make sure you listen for the Defiant Torpedoes. <laughs> Okay, Debbie, we're starting with you. What is your number five pick for your Trek game? Okay, my number five pick, my five words are bridge, day one, firing phasers, hashtag rookie alert, and it's Enterprise season four, episode eight, Awakening. Drive Enterprise from orbit. Use all necessary force. Yes, Excellency. Face cannons, return fire. The Vulcan ships are firing on Enterprise. They just let in and, <laughs> and, and they met me. Firing weapons, taking commands from people. Who made that decision? I'm that's like, my what is there you go with this? What is this? Oh, that's a terrible production choice. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? <laughs> Reroute emergency power to phase cannons. Hold breach on sea deck. They're reporting casualties. Velocis hailing. Audio only. Put him through. You're hopelessly outgunned. Weapons are offline. Engines failing. Don't force me to destroy your ship. He's right. We should withdraw. Our deaths won't help Captain Archer or T'Pol. Get us the hell out of here. One of the biggest gambles in Trek history, really. Uh, Truly! Truly! And I actually, I think I hit them one time. So all the others were misses. But they were warning shots. They were warning shots. Okay, beautiful. Uh, anyone, anyone want to rip me? Anybody, anybody, any awakening thoughts? Pause. Okay. I told you there were all right. jinx. Fantastic. Jamie, what is your number five pick? I love that pick, Dan. That was awesome. All right, I'll kick us off with uh, my, my list of actual literal gamble gambling okay. and uh so my uh five words are 50 strips hustle goes wrong hashtag only a beginner and it is tendy and mariner trying to hustle uh some norsicans in a time-honored domjot swindle in uh, the the um lower decks episode will always have paris uh good nice little throwback to tapestry uh throwback to the trope of you know, uh, a gambling situation where we know that the hero is going to come out on top because they've got the smarts. And what I like about it is that it turns the tables, which is they lose uh, in the sense that the Norsekins chase them out of the bar and uh, are about to kill them all, which is not the way that's supposed to end. So I can't actually recall if they got 50 uh, strips of Latin that they bet on the uh, adventure, but either way, uh, a lot of fun. I feel like so they nice. ended up on the floor in the bag. But uh, by the way, <laughs> so, <laughs> is one of the funniest lines Hey, I just got that table rejotted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, also, we'll always have Tom Paris. I 
Oh, did, yes. I say, did I say the voice of Paris? Oh, sorry, sorry. Which is I've classic. Seen, even I've only been, you know, we're only on day one of this convention. I think I've already seen enough plates uh, of oh, uh, uh, Tom Paris uh, around the place. And today that, uh, that Harry Kim plate was on going around Twitter. It was so that's, great. That's so fantastic. Classic. Okay. That's a literal gamble. I love it. I need to start keeping my stats. What am I doing? Okay. Josh, what's your pick? Number five. Five words, handing the reins to Harv, hashtag the newcomer. That's a game. For taking the reins away from Mm. Gene Roddenberry, moving the show over, the the whole franchise over to a a total newcomer who was completely outside of track, uh, yet somehow somehow managed to find what's at the heart and um, inspire new. It was a huge gamble, paid off in spades. We wouldn't be here today without Harv. That's uh, yeah, that's yeah. Harv I love that five words handing it over to Harv, the six million dollar man. Yep, was yep. For, I think his biggest claim to fame. He might have had some others like uh, is that Emergency or something, but a bunch of yeah, shows in the seventies uh, that I definitely watched. Yeah, produced a lot of TV, and it's really the first thing without Gene Roddenberry. Yeah. In fact, they have that memo downstairs on the wall where it's like a Gene Roddenberry memo, like just ripping the name, like. <laughs> It was at that time with vengeance of companies yeah. like ah, it just sounds like Empire Strikes Back. It's pretty funny <laughs> and <laughs> ironic. <laughs> yes, Harv Bennett. Any comments? Anybody? Thank you, Harv. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, like obviously you have to give credit to Gene Roddenberry for Star Trek existing, but you kind of have to give Harv Bennett credit for everything that came after yeah. 1982, which is inclusive of. Everything from the Wrath of Khan through to yeah. Star Trek Lower Deck season three, episode one, grounded. Who is yeah. the Livingston guy on the on you have to forgive me here, uh, on the center seat? Who we basically um oh uh uh Harold Livingston oh, yeah. is Harold the writer of TMP and it's beautiful the ever seen the center seat documentary. Uh, phase two, right? Okay. Aborted, uh, but he's the guy that just spends the whole center seat just blasting Rod. Blasting Rod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's thinking about how good. Rest in peace, Harold. He yeah. just died. Yeah. And he just passed a couple months ago. Yeah. Well, let's pull one out. Oh, All right. Hard Bennett is a great one. I love that. And it's yes. just and the fact that it show, it's the first time. You show you can do it without Roddenberry, mm-hmm. so yeah. And he also just made the show feel so much so so real. The characters came. Yeah. Up. I mean, he hires me to run that verisimilitude to it, and yeah. um, yeah, just great ways. Brilliant thing. Um, and just understood story so so well. Because you got to think, it was a three season show that went away. How many? It was like ten years mm-hmm. before they took the gamble on the movie. Which was, mm, as far yeah. as it was well received by fans, but it didn't exactly inspire. Correct. Excitement. So I think about that. The show had already been gone for ten years. The first movie, let's just use the word tanked. It, it could very have easily just faded away. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I was ten years old, and, it, and I was twelve <laughs> years old, and I thought about it every night going to bed and listen to the soundtrack every day. TMP. Yeah. So no matter how boring it was, somehow I was just like, it's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. It's funny. It, it honestly does get better and better with age. It, and I think for sure it does. For sure. We get older, you appreciate but, what but, it's about, for sure. And there's the it's a weird, it's a, it lives in a weird space because mm-hmm. it's it was a hit movie and it was popular. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little kid and I loved it, but it was missing something, and you knew. 
Rathacon needed to be something different. That, well, it was anyway. missing something after Star Wars because yeah. Star Wars was yeah. Well, they've made enough. Little. They've made enough attempts to uh, to to get it. Isn't it the most released in the most number of versions of any <laughs> form of Star Trek ever? Oh, there's Star the, Trek. Probably, the, yeah. Yeah, motion I thought, picture. I thought you were going to say uh, of any film. I'm like, no, that's every Star Wars. Except the originals. Okay. <laughs> Alex, what's your number five pick? Five word summary. Go back, get the Talaxians. Hashtag confirm the shuttle was destroyed. Ooh, this ooh, is Star Trek crazy. Voyager season two, episode 26, basics part one, uh-huh. in which Tom Paris, a character who I'm in the middle of a Voyager rewatch, decided Tom Paris, really great character suggests in the middle of Voyager about to be taken over by the Kazon as there are multiple Kazon ships closing in on the decrepit Voyager that he takes one shuttle and tries to leave. Like, that is rolling the hard six. Friends and neighbors. And and like the episode ends and, you know, I I mean, obviously he's Tom Paris. He wasn't a great character. He wasn't going to get destroyed. But there's still that element of like, that was a really risky thing to do. And it just paid off. But there was no guarantees to it. I love it. That's a great, yep, that's it's a great, great gamble. It's an awesome episode. Love this. That's great. Great episode. Uh, yeah. I'm going to rewatch it. First. <laughs> Secondary command processes. Oh, that was such a great twist. When, because you knew something just like shooting the net. And then also when they, when the computer says, now you can't self-destruct. Yep. Oh, that's what this, they've been setting up. So, all right. Two Tom Paris references. In the first yeah. round of Trek Gambles. I love it. Okay, here Wouldn't is want it any other way. Here is my yeah, five it. words and a hashtag quirks Klingon double down gambit. Hashtag son of Keldar. It is Quark's double gamble in the House of Quark from Deep Space what? Nine season three. His first gamble is that he lies about killing Kozak, the drunken Klingon, in his bar, which is a huge gamble because he has no idea that his family's not gonna come. And revenge him. And right away. He says, he's telling Rom, like, no, I can explain to it if they show up. But that's not how it works. The Klingons are going to kill him if it goes south. And then the second gamble is when he figures out Degore, the brother of uh, Grilka, has been doing some Ferengi finagling with her, with her estate. When he gets in front of Gowron in the High Council... He is literally standing, his, he's going to do hand-to-hand combat, and he throws his batleth away and says, you're not going to kill an unarmed Ferengi in front of all your friends here and shame yourself. That's a huge gamble, because this Klingon could have cut him in half. <laughs> and by the way, the Klingon does decide to cut him in half, and Gowron stops him. And then they discommodate him with the old Klingon turnaround. So I'm going with Quark. Son of Keldar, a double gamble. Go ahead, kill me. That is why I'm here, isn't it? To be killed? Well, here I am, so go ahead and do it. You all want me to pick up that sword and fight him, don't you? But I don't have a chance and you know it. You only want me to put up a fight so that your precious honor will be satisfied. Well, I'm not gonna make it so easy for you. Having me fight Dagore is nothing more than an execution. So, 
if that's what you want. That's what you'll get. An execution. No honor. No glory. And when you tell your children and your grandchildren the glorious story of how you rose to power and took Grilka's house from her, I hope you remember to tell them how you heroically killed an unarmed Ferengi. Half your size. Whatever you say, Ferengi. What are you doing? Nice. That my aim is to get out of this evening without everyone doing the double uh, turn. Right. You know, if I any of my picks really stink and people are doing that in this, you know, we're in a circle right now. I'm kind of like, I'm worried about that. So uh, that's good. But uh, one of Clark's greatest moments, right? You know, where he 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 rolls the dice, but it's it's kind of also a knowing roll because what is what is the honor in murdering a pathetic whinging Klingon, right? You know, uh, sorry, uh, murdering a pathetic whinging Ferengi. There's no honor in that, surely. Of course, but Zagor didn't have any honor and was standing there with battle at the front of him and swinging to bring him down. So it's a huge gamble. just for sport. It was was a huge gamble. And his, and by the way, Quark could have just walked away. He didn't have anything. Yep. And so, so the gamble there is that he was gambling his life. Anyway, I love that one. Round five is in the books. Let's go to round four. Debbie, what do you got? Five words. Didn't we already try animated? Hashtag Mike has lost all control. (laughs) So it is the production idea of going for another animated series with Lower Decks. And I chose just my personal favorite, season two, episode nine, Wish Dush. Love Wish So good. Okay, that's a brilliant pick. Because that is, that's a huge, I mean, I'm not sure what the, I mean, a failure with any failure at this point with Trek would be really bad. But that's a huge change of direction. First time they've done anything like it. You know, right. adult it, humor exactly. and having to win people over while also selling the fact that it's real Star Trek. Absolutely. And like you risk like alienating hardcore fans who feel like that there are things being made fun of, you know, and it's been embraced. I mean, it has yeah. been embraced and everything, but I think it was a huge gamble. And plus the original animated series wasn't exactly. I remember doing a, a uh, weekly trek with Alex and we just, I think we'd just seen Mike McMahon on stage and having heard the concept. And I think we were both very, uh, trepidatious about it and having seen him on stage we're just starting to turn around and going actually of all the things we've heard about about where track's going this is now it went out from it changed from being like what the hell are they trying to do here to this could be this could be really good and uh sure enough that's exactly what what he's done well and for me personally being the person in the room um like my kids grew up watching like rick and morty i never watched that and i will tell you that the first like couple of episodes of lower deck everything was so fast and furious that i had a really hard time like like okay like it's funny but uh like i literally had to watch them several times until i really caught into especially tawny newsom's delivery style which is just 
she's so rapid fire. But now that I'm, I love it, obviously, but it took me a bit to acclimate to it as well. So I do think it was a big gamble. It, you know, it's like, initially they describe it and it's like, yeah, okay. I, I don't know if that's for me, right? Like, I mean, now I'm all in, 100%. Yeah. 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 Buying plates. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> buying plates, buying sock puppets, buying the whole works. I just, I, I got from Make It So, the Cetacean Ops uh, little oh, yeah, uh, yeah. thing today, which is yeah. uh, sensational. Now, where, where, where have I been in my life where I don't have a, a knitted Cetacean Ops character? Like, uh, right. surely, surely we're, we're living in the greatest times ever. You know, right now. Lower decks is amazing. All right, Jamie, what do you got? All right. Well, I've decided we have not had enough Tom Paris references. So <laughs> my uh, my four words are Yorkshire pudding for the win, hashtag urine report, and it is the Paris radiogenic sweepstakes from Meld, <laughs> oh, uh, which if you're doing a, a Voyager yes. rewatch, you would have uh, recently seen. Oh, yes. Um, which is, of course, um, the briefest attempts of Voyager to play into the notion that there was actually an issue of scarcity on the ship, uh, you know, where everyone's right. gambling for their replicator rations, uh, which, of course, were, you know, m much in demand at, at the, you know, in season, what, two uh, I mean, how was you know, going to replicate all those shuttles? That's right. That's, that's, that's <laughs> right. <Maybe> shuttle print. <laughs> and uh, so the, the great joy of seeing Chakotay, who, of course, it turns out later on, had no idea that uh, Tom was putting on a persona. And, uh, you know, Ch Chakotay shuts everything down. And uh, it was also the first time that uh, Voyager tried to do something with a little bit of an arc, you know, plant some seeds that are going to pay off in a later episode. How, what a gamble that must have been as well. But anyway, I'm sticking with on-screen gambling. Radiogenic particle density at the measured coordinates was 1873 per cubic meter. And the winner of 16 replicator rations in the Paris radiogenic sweepstakes is... Computer. There is no winner today. What? No winner? Computer, are you positive? Try your luck again. Tomorrow, you could be a winner. Very funny. You heard the little lady. Try your luck again, folks. The pot grows daily until we have a winner. Enter your name on the pad and pick a number. Can I buy you lunch, Mr. Kim? I have an extra ration today. Two by my count. 10% of the day's action. The only one who wins every day is you. Tom Paris at Sandrine's. The season two Tom Paris arc, first of all, is awesome. I love it. It's so good. And I love this pick because it's a super deep cut, but it's so memorable when he's there. Oh, computer. Oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah. It's just so good. I'm just going to skim some off the top here. It's so, it's yeah. so Tom Paris. I love it. Anybody have a take on Tom Paris? For the fourth time. Great character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is. He's an underrated character. For sure. Okay. Uh, Josh, what's your number four pick? Four, number four. Five words. Yars back, but not really. Hashtag yesterday's sequel. It's Sila. Bringing back Denise Crosby as her own daughter, as a villain. Bold move. Huge cliffhanger moment. Uh, You're picking was Picard eight. season three, right? Is that right? <laughs> uh, whether it was executed as well as possible, I don't know, but that's a bold move. That they Are you really... picking redemption? 
Uh, or yesterday's Enterprise. No, no. Uh, well, no. Redemption 2. Yeah, like Redemption her two. Big, yeah, yeah. You know, explanation of who she was and, and all that. And, um, well, yeah, that's a great scene. It's a great confrontation. It feels that character. I mean, there were so many great possible Romulan recurring characters that could have been. Uh, and she could have been she could have been a great recurring character for many years to come, but they, for whatever reason, didn't really uh, I mean, pursue her as, as much. Um, but to to do that and to sequelize one of the greatest episodes of the previous season, find a way to actually like integrate that into the the, the prime universe, uh, you know, a bold move. I love this play. It's a huge gamble on their end. Yeah. But I, I hear that a lot of people say that about Sila, like they want more. But I always say. They had a, basically a five-episode Sela arc, if you include yesterday's Enterprise as the launching point of her. Followed by Redemption 1 and 2, which are my two favorite TNG episodes. And Unification 1 and 2. I mean, that's five pretty epic yeah. episodes. Well, where they ineffectual, though, and it's basically her <laughs> last shot has been neck-pinched, and you just don't even know. She doesn't even get the dignity of... <laughs> appearing ever after that moment so yeah. uh um <laughs> but the yeah that that's they tried to do that and that they had those ideas that's an awesome gamble it's a huge it's a huge gamble for the show that paid unfortunately off. it didn't pay she off was in that moment, put but... to death after the whole thing fell through <laughs> It'd be awesome if she comes back and, in season and spock was in the first it. row <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I love it. Uh, Alex, what is your number four pick? All right, five-word summary. Troy shows a steel spine. Hashtag taking command of the bridge. This is Star Trek The Next Generation, season five, episode five, disaster. Wow. And Troy's gamble not to separate the saucer. (laughs) That's a great one. That's a big gamble. It's a huge gamble. There's no proof of life anywhere in the Star Drive section. All of the other officers on the bridge who are more experienced with those kinds of emergency situations are recommending emergency saucer separation to move the saucer away from the Star Drive section because they know there are plenty of survivors in the saucer, but they don't know anybody still alive in the rest of the ship. And Troy stands her ground and says, no, she wants to give. She believes there are people still alive in the Star Drive section. She believes there are people still alive in engineering. And she wants to give them the time and the ability to save the ship. To and they do, do their jobs. Exactly. Meanwhile, Roe is rolling her eyes. And it's just like, oh, we got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> you said there was no way to stabilize the containment field from the bridge. Could it be done from engineering? Yes. But my readings indicate there's no power down there. They don't even have monitors to tell them there's a problem. Could we divert energy from the bridge to those monitors? Yes, sir. I will say it again. There is no reason to believe that anyone is still alive in engineering. We're wasting time even talking about this. We have to separate the ship now. I believe there are still people alive down there. And I'm going to give them every chance. Assuming they're alive, they'll be hoping there's someone up here who can help them. So we'll help them. Chief, divert the necessary power to engineering. Aye, sir. I remind you, Counselor, that power coupling could overheat at any moment. By not separating the ship now, you could be responsible for all our deaths. Thank you, Ensign. 
I love this pick. What a huge gamble that is. And that fits my prime character because it's like, you could just leave or you could, you're throwing the dice yeah. at it. And if you don't win, you're all going to die. That's amazing. Disaster, anybody? Oh, great episode. Great pick and great episode. Yeah. And, and honestly, one of the I best mean, Troy moments. For sure. Oh, sure, yeah. And yeah, we probably would not have gotten episodes like Ace of the Enemy, of the enemy yeah. without that episode sort of laying that groundwork um, for her and, and then also her arc of uh, I mean, it was trying to become a command officer on the yeah. bridge later in season seven and all that. Jellico putting her in a uniform. <laughs> Come on. Total command authority for her. Don't bring up John. Okay, here we go. I gambled. My round four pick. Oh, Alex, you're going to like this one. Five words and a hashtag. The DS9 free press gambit hashtag. I'm a reporter. This is where I belong. It's Jake Sisko's gamble. To stay on Deep Space knowing that he can be put to death. Yeah, I mean he's the yep. son of, the, of yep. Cisco, the commanding officer, the emissary, the whole bit, and he's staying there to be a journalist. So he's really putting it all on the line. And I, I mean, I love Call to Arms, I, and I think they execute this so well with the everybody's gone and Quark's like setting up the bar, and then you see Jake sitting there like what? Yeah. And then they cut the Cisco, and he's like, he did what? And he's pissed, but he's like, man, he's a grown man. He makes his own decision. We're not going back to get him. Super brave decision. Really well executed. Uh, great job by Sarah Grafton and the writers. Such a 1990s attitude, isn't it? That journalism is a serious uh, role <laughs> that, both, that both sides of a war would respect. To have a journalist uh, embedded somewhere, he's treated with a with a modicum of understanding from the, the the people who come in to take over. You know, such a 1990s concept. I mean, that kind of shit would not fly today. You know, it's called science fiction. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, anybody else with a take on Jake Sisko staying by? Oh, that's a great one. And, um, and yeah, and then, and then, too. yeah, and just such a great arc for Jake and yeah. just also that whole arc in general, just full of great Campbell moments from the show. Yeah. Totally upending the concept for episodes on end. Uh, yeah, production just, just gamble. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things you imagine yeah. sitting there in the writer's room when someone says, oh, imagine if Jake stays on the station. Yeah. You know, yeah. to be You want to win that kind of click. Yeah. They, oh, we're setting him up as a writer. We yeah. get him to stay there. And that, I mean, talk yeah. about talk yeah. about idealism, right? Yeah, like, right. oh boy, yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Okay, I, only a writer could come up with that. You but know? it is funny every time uh, they show like the writers. It's like these are writers. Dreaming about being writers, yeah. <laughs> Talking about writers, that's, yeah. that, that's what they say about the muse, right? Only a writer could have come up with exactly. something where, where exactly. someone is uh, entranced by someone writing, uh, yeah. But anyway, exactly. All right, super Deb, what's your number three pick? Number Actually, three. we're in Vegas, it's let's do the Davo round. Let's Dab- make it the Davo round. Deb, what do you got? Davo! A great lead-in. Thank you very much, Mr. Morehouse. Um, My five words, set series on a station, hashtag serialization before streaming. And I chose DS9, season one, episode one, Emissary, just because it was the beginning of it all. And there were pieces even in there that threads that carry through. 
That's a, I like that serialization before streaming. That's like that was a huge gamble, right? Because, well, it, because because it got hammered. People were like annoyed. And count just, me as one of them because uh, after about the first, I guess maybe a couple seasons, I had some things in life where I couldn't tune in on whatever night of the week it was on, and then I'd come in like three or four weeks later and be like. What in the hell's going on? And believe me, I started DS9 like TNG. I recorded every episode on videotape and I lost place. And I was like, I can't, I don't even know what's going on in this show anymore. And I literally gave up on it for a long time. Well, there's also the part of this, that that boring critique of, well, I'm not going anywhere. And it's like, deep sleep nine. Yeah. Or the, the one I hated. Marina. Which my wife came up with, deep waste of time. I was like, <laughs> shut up, that's too good. That's I, too good. Marina started special, the deep throat night. <laughs> <laughs> that is Ken Riley in the uh, studio audience chiming in from Drekor. Uh, anybody else with a comment on Deep Space Nine's launch? Well, you might as well fire that. Those- <laughs> I forgot a duplicate. Okay. My number one, number three pick. <laughs> Five words. The dreamers now the dream. Hashtag the best is yet to come. The entirety of Deep Space Nine. So because good. going from not only the gamble of the silver serialization, but every aspect of Deep Space Nine's creation was a gamble. It was the complete opposite of PNG. Right. They took a show that was very popular, the people knew what that was, and then they said, let's just go in the complete opposite direction. Let's put it on yep. a stationary uh, uh, base. Let's make it serialized, make it dark, make it dirty, make it all those things that um, were huge gambles that some fans immediately were either into or not, or many years later realized that they were into after doing it initially. Uh, Deep Space Nine, brilliant. And even the actors talk about how they knew they were like the redheaded stepchild and they could get Mm -hmm. away with stuff, but they ended up in like it at the time they were like, but then they ended up really embracing Mm -hmm. it. Every time I, uh, I see Armin Schumann at a convention, he always makes the point of saying, ah, but I knew, I knew, you know, he'll ask one of the other cast. Remember what I said at the time, they'll discover us. They'll discover us. The, the number of years I think he suggested it would take for them to, to uh, for us to discover DS9 changes at every convention, but it's true. And he was 100% right, which was sure. eventually we came to the show. And there's a reason why, uh, uh, obviously, Paramount is going to spend all that money on uh, updating it into HD <laughs> because we all love it so much, right? It right? Isn't happen. that going to happen? It's That's going to happen someday, it's sure. It's going to happen someday when the technology makes it just flicking the switch. Hey, it's going to happen. How about the mini gamble of having a Ferengi as a main character to begin with after their disastrous launch? So, Jim, how does the how do the stats work on the 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 pick of every single episode of DS9 and every single uh, decision made on that show? What episode did you pick? (laughs) Well, I mean, I could go with (laughs) I'm going with emissary. And to mention how well, just how great a pilot that is that's a that's oh, a pilot so, yeah. that you can look at to yeah. study oh, to write so your own pilot every single thing that happens in that pilot is paid off sometimes years later yeah sometimes just a couple episodes later or whatever but you know you could watch that pilot 
and then jump into like season seven and not really be lost. Yeah. It's, it's just so well constructed within that teaser, which is one of why I, it was one of those top five teasers. Right. Uh, you know, everything you need to know oh, so all that. is, is fed to you in such a way that um, it's just, they had enough story within that first two minutes to, um, to tell a little season arc. And, uh, you know, I need to watch some defense. Not it's that good. I love it. <laughs> All right, Jamie, how about you? What's your number three double round pick? Okay, I'm going to continue my um, <laughs> my literal uh, gambling uh, trip through my picks, and uh, we're going to the one that you referenced a little bit earlier. Uh, 100 Quatlus on the newcomers. Oh. It is hashtag power, fame, women. Uh, it is the uh, the gamesters of Triskelion, where Kirk, of course, um, uh, argues successfully that uh, humankind is the greatest, most successful gamblers in the universe. Yeah, they are, uh, and in so doing, manages to trick uh, the traffic light uh, capsicums that are sitting there in the. They're called the providers. Or, uh, oh, sorry, uh, peppers, aren't they? In, 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 the, in the US, they're known as those three kind of like uh, you know red, green, yellow, um, uh, and and. They trick him, of course. He tricks them, of course, into giving him a chance to, uh, you know, go and skewer some Neanderthals. And it's a great Trek moment. Uh, and uh, one of uh, Kirk's uh, better um, uh, gambits, uh, where he's rolling the dice as well, that he can defeat, you know, three on one. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I, I like there was a combination there, both the gambling of the Quadloos and the gambling that uh, Kirk took in the pick. So, Gamesters of Triskelion, obvious. In these episodes, in these in these Thank shows, someone has to do the obvious one, Thank right? Thank you for picking this because I love this episode. I almost picked it for our your her episodes. Ah, right yeah, but uh, yeah, this is all time classic, and it's just they literally talk about gambling and how. I mean, he's literally standing there saying, "We're the best gamblers in the universe. You could take us on." I, I, love I did see this uh, episode on the Star Trek cruise done with. Various actors providing the voiceover. Done mystery. What do you call it here? Mystery science theater two thousand or whatever it is, where someone else provides the the uh, the voices. Uh, It was hysterical uh, and uh, highly recommended. Little activity that one. So there you go. I love gamesters. I was just kidding. Anybody else? Gamesters. All time classic. Oh yes. Okay, Alex. Number five. Number three. What do you got? Five word summary. Pike makes the wrong move. Hashtag reach oh. for James C. Kirk. Wow. This is Star Trek Strange New Worlds, season one, episode 10, Equality of Mercy. Woo. I did not just want to pick gambles that paid off. Okay. I wanted to pick gambles that went horribly wrong. Okay, that's <laughs> good. You didn't mention that. You're prime director. That's a good twist. And this one goes horribly wrong yeah. from the perspective of alternate Pike who happens to find himself, you know, being the one in charge of the Enterprise during Balance of Terror. Yeah. Kirk's decision in Balance of Terror is to pursue the military option. Also a gamble. Also a gamble, definitely. And And as a production level, introducing Captain Kirk in season one of Strange New World is a huge gamble. gamble. Yeah, that is in the midst of paying off in a huge way. That was awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. So... Pike makes the decision to do the like good Starfleet captain, yeah. 24th century style, you know, sort of conciliatory, let's make peace, like let's not do this. It causes a massive war between the Federation and the Roman Empire that leads to the uh, uh, near death of Spock. 
right? Like big gamble not to do what Kirk was suggesting, which was just destroy the damn ship. <laughs> and instead to like extend the olive branch that catastrophically failed. Big gamble. I'm, I'm, I'm stunned to silence. This is a hot off the press pick. Sure and is. I love it. And it was, I mean, listen, the whole episode. Outside not to mention the gamble of returning the monster maroon into Star Trek. Oh, yep. God. In a beautifully updated oh, way. Oh, it's gorgeous. Um, everything about this episode. Yeah, those leather panels. Yeah. Oh, walking in here, there was uh, that was on my list. And I was going to do the, uh, you know, the, the Trek Ranch cheat and try and get both Balance of Terror and uh, Quality right. of Mercy in in the same pick, right? Yeah. Because, because to be fair, Alex, it's the same decision, it just sure. in two different universes, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. So you really get both picks in one here because yeah. it's the exact same gamble just through two different lenses. Yeah. Uh, and how what an amazing um, writing piece to write that episode and redo a, 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 an original series episode but through the looking glass. And uh, it just... Uh, it, Strange New Worlds knocked it out of the park, right? It's, it's uh, amazing. amazing. Well, and the other gamble is that, like, you look at that has was kind of done with um, Into Darkness, which was a lot with a lot of people not well received. So that was a to, huge gamble. So to be doing a, a classic episode over again, production wise, was a gamble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think I talked about that on mm-hmm. the Strange yep. New Worlds show. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to throw this out there because it's this weird gamble that no one's talking about, but I think, I don't think it's mattered. I think people picked up on it. Like three of the last five episodes, they kind of make Pike, I'm not going to say he's a, uh, a joke or frivolous, but like he's not like super authoritative or succeeding. So I'm talking about Serene Squall. Yeah. Okay. He's a little bit of, he's kind of mugging for the camera. He's doing the pirate thing. Yeah. That he's got food on his face and yep. he's like trying to scan it. It's not like the most authoritative captain picture. Then you've got the Elysian Kingdom where he's literally like the butt of the joke the whole episode. And then you got a quality of mercy where all of his decisions are, are the whole kind of, they're messing everything up. And I'm like, this is your hero captain. And they've made this really interesting decision that I haven't heard too many people talk about that they're not, he's not like your flawless. Perfect captain. Anyway, it's, I just think it's really interesting, and I love it. Human captain, really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, but I guess my point is, it's kind of a gamble to present him that way, yeah. and it's working without yeah. any question. Okay, that's awesome. Well, it's so funny because you say that, and he also, it, it, you know, he addresses his crew by their first names and yeah, stuff. The castle, and yeah. literally, as I have just rewatched Equinox, and that's a point that Janeway brings up to. Uh, Ransom is like, hey, I noticed your crew will yeah. call you by your first name and stuff. You know, like he he makes the casual work, but it's yeah. It's Debbie amazing. bringing up Jellico and Ransom, like two most hated captains. Wow. Okay, let's close out the double round with my pick. Oh, I'm going with another classic that needed to be picked today: the quintessential Trek gamble. Five words and a hashtag. Risk is our business gambit. Hashtag. That's why we're a border. It's tomorrow is yesterday from TOS. It's Kirk's huge gamble. I mean, this is a massive gamble. The only thing they were going to gain was some knowledge and a cool experience to help these phantom talking heads 
turn into uh, some kind of android. They're going to build like robot bodies and then come out of them and they're all powerful and they're letting them take over their bodies. And really, it's a huge gamble from Kirk. It almost blows up in his face with Sargon, Delisa, Hinek, the whole, the whole gamble. You know this episode tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yes. I know you love it. Risk is our business. I love it. Okay. And a monologue. If you were to take a monologue that kind of encapsulates, you know, the original series in one, like you, you that's wouldn't, that's, that's where you'd go, right? If you, if you were an editor and someone said, give me the best clips out of the original series that, t- that talk about, the, you know, what, what's the point of the show, you, you'd go there, right? Pretty, pretty, I mean, it's the Star Trek speech. Yeah, exactly. For right. sure. And the top five Kirk speeches. Yeah. I mean, it's no doubt. Like, you're great. Great, great, great grandfather used to do. All right, that was a DC Fontana <laughs> script, by the way. And by the way, it's even better now coming off of Strange New Worlds because the chapel stuff in tomorrow's yesterday is with Spock and yeah, it's all it's so good. Okay, here we go. Round two. Round two. Deb, what do you got? I got had to bring actual gambling into my gambling. Okay. So uh, ah. my five words are. Plenty of purposeful poker playing. Shout out to Rich Masters. Um, hashtag abstract threes. And my episode is TNG, season five, episode 18, cause and effect. So obviously all the playing poker again and again and again, but in a production sense, that is a huge gamble Absolutely. to keep having the Absolutely. same scene repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. And even Frakes talks about like he filmed it from different angles and stuff to make it look. But th- you're watching an hour long show and you watch the same scene six times in the episode. That's a big gamble. I thought your gamble here was going to be to have the show blow up in the first uh, few seconds of the show. It's a fantastic point, though. I mean, that's too, but. We're being repetitive like that, it's, I mean, they, the fabled story that people thought the syndication was messed up and they were restarting the episode. Uh-huh. But it's also, it can be, I don't know, if you shoot the same thing over and over, show it kind of, I don't know, lose interest in the life. But, and then they were gambling, they're playing poker. Yeah, and they're playing poker. This is, I love this pick. Cause and, and I had that's my a, alliterative five words. And, then, and a shout out to Rich Master. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. I love that. This one almost ended up on my list for not for the production reason of like, it's a gamble to do a show that's just repeating over and over again. And clearly was right. Because they talk about how, you know, the, the like local stations got calls from people saying, I think the episode's messed up because you know, it just right. keeps exactly. starting over and over again. But uh, for me, the in universe one is, is data ultimately concluding that the three refers to the number They're of pips, pips on Riker's collar. And decompressing the main shuttle bay as the solution to it, well, which is a gamble, that, right? Like that's why I love that, it. That's an awfully that's why it's strange my two association. Pick. I like it. Although uh, at that point, might as well do everything. <laughs> yeah, right. Good job, Data. Okay, Jamie, what's your number two pick? All right, time for some more alliteration. Okay. Uh, if, if that's the the way we're going, so pew, my pew, pew. my five words are Cisco space swap sources stabilizer. 
uh, hashtag the river will provide, and it is Nob chancing his lobes that he can trade and swindle and gamble his way to the graviton stabilizer through through Cisco's desk and an induction modulator and a phaser emitter and Martok's bloodline and whatever the heck else he, he managed to do. I thought that was a great little subplot in uh, Treachery Faced in the Great River, um, one of the best uh, uh, episode titles in Trek. And, you know, just, again, a wonderful little character piece in, in the B-plot for Aaron Eisenberg and Nog, uh, showing that here's a, star, a Starfleet officer who has his shit together and actually knows what he's doing and is taking his culture, his, his approach to life, and uh, building that into Starfleet, making it better, but each decision he made was a bit of a gamble as to whether or not, um, you know, eventually he's going to end up what he wants by uh, trading off Cisco's desk. So anyway, great, great, great episode. Great little uh, play there for Nog. So that, that's my pick. Uh, I love that. that also so a cool callback to the season one with the yamak sauce and the stem bolts because yeah. they did the same thing yeah. when they were yep. kids with mm-hmm. the trading. That's right. Land. Yeah. Why do we want dirt? Yeah, land. <laughs> we want dirt. We are trading for dirt. <laughs> the river will provide. I love it. That's such a good pick. The quintessential nog. And yeah, it was a huge gamble for him. A huge gamble. I love it. And for, uh, for O'Brien. Okay, yeah, for Brian, but he's trusted. No, exactly. There is one scene where you just get this look from Colin Meany, and, <laughs> and he's like, oh, All right, okay, it was, you know, it was a gamble for O'Brien that he, I don't think he knew he was making. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So once he realized he was knee deep in it, so once he has his picture, he's going to send us the graviton stabilizer. No. He's giving us an induction modulator. But we don't need an induction modulator. But the USS Musashi does. Ah, so the Musashi's going to send us the stabilizer. No, they're giving us a phaser emitter. But we don't need a phaser emitter. I know, but the USS Sentinel does, and they have the extra stabilizer. And they're willing to give it up for a phaser emitter? That's the rumor. Rumor? Well, you've made all these deals based on a rumor? From a very reliable source. But what if it turns out not to be true? You have to have faith, Chief. In a rumor? No, in the great material continuum. <sighs> okay, Josh, what's your number two pick? Two. Creative words. First proper cliffhanger is the best. Hashtag pins and needles. Mr. Wharf, fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. TNG ever made. Best cliffhanger they ever yes. produced. Mm-hmm. The painful summer of waiting to find out what the hell is going to happen. Nobody knew. It was just such a, it's just, again, they just, they arrived in just a huge way. They took, they took the role. That, that I love it. Wow. Yeah. We are doing some Game of the changer. greatest moments in Trek. In sure this episode, that is with the exception true. of my picks. Uh, <laughs> but that's okay. All right. I mean, well, no, you're... Treachery faith. That's a, that's amazing. Yeah, that's uh, I like that the way you're approaching that because it was yeah. it's something they'd never done it before. So it's a itself was a gamble. Yeah, um, something we had also never seen the ship even do. Yeah, only so use the deflector dish. Yeah. Um, that that was an amazing moment. And yeah. then also to then come back to part two and then nothing happened. But the board already knew everything. But it's oh, set up. Brilliant. It's set uh, up so much trick. 
because yeah, because absolutely. it's set up first contact. Yeah, it's effectively set up the three seasons of Picard that we've had, right? Yeah, which, yeah. which none of that would have happened without that decision, that moment, that gamble. Yeah. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna turn 100%. Picard into a ball. But from a production standpoint, too, literally it's the first time they are doing a cliffhanger like, like that. Proper two-parter. Yeah, you know, at a season-ending kind yeah. of point. And then, so what did they do after that? About. 15 more cliffhangers. I mean, it was the first one. They're like, yeah, that worked. So yeah. we're going to keep yeah. doing it. Who so, shot yeah, they followed it up yeah. ultimately with the third part, you know, yeah. unofficially. Uh, yeah. So um, that was a production. You know, and also that's those beginning steps into, you know, real sort of serialization uh, yeah. as well. Quite um, an erudite selection, John. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, what do you got? All right, we're staying on theme for this one. I want to do the whole line, so the five words summary is just the last five words oh, of, sure. the, of the line, and I got to do the. If this doesn't matter for the podcast audience, but I got to get in character, so I'm gonna. I got to do the hand thing. <laughs> what if I made a deal with the devil? <laughs> Hashtag an alliance with the Borg. <laughs> <laughs> This is yes. Star Trek Voyager, Season 3, Episode 26, Scorpion Part 1, and Janeway's decision to make a deal with the Borg, which, after the best of those worlds... This is yes. great! Perfect. Segue. And everything we know about the Borg up to that point... We've planned this nicely. ...seems like yes. a really bad idea. What if I made an appeal... To the devil. An alliance with the Borg? More like an exchange. We offer them a way to defeat their new enemy. And in return, we get safe passage through their space. Huge gamble. It barely pays off. But it pays off. It pays off. And it creates this great conflict between Janeway and Chakotay that plays out over both part one and part two, right? Scorpion and the Fox, blah, 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 in which they are disagreeing over whether the gamble is worth it or not. I didn't think of this one, but now I'm wondering what your number one's going to be, because this is a, one of the biggest gamble <laughs> setups in Trek, for sure. I oh, mean, I got a doozy for uh, I mean, uh, uh, Alliance with the Borg is about it. It's about as big as in the universe as it gets. I love it. Anybody else? Plus, it also brings in the gamble of adding an entirely new cast member into the show who completely changes the entire dynamic yeah. of, of yeah. the show yeah. um, for, you know, obviously better. Uh, but, yeah, Brilliant. we would not know until those events progressed. Uh, it was a game changer for, for Voyager. Loving it. That is fantastic. All right, let's close it out. Round two. My five words and a hashtag, the impure chemocyte displacement gambit, hashtag trusting Greylick. Oh. And it is the shipment from Enterprise when yep. Archer figures out kind of, okay, we're here. We are at a point in this Zindi arc where we can blow this key production plant off the face of the planet. We can do some real damage. We can attack. We can go on the offensive. And halfway through the episode, he kind of realizes this is not going to do us any good if we if we do that and it just gets them more resolute to come back stronger. So he comes up with this plan after meeting Greylick and they have a very contentious relationship. There's nothing Greylick really does that makes you say, oh, this guy's on our side. He's going to, I can trust him. But in the end, he says, no, we're going to sneak out of here. We're going to put a, they put a tracer in the Indegra ship and then they 
sabotage some of the chemocyte and hoping that will adversely affect the weapon while they continue to work a diplomatic solution to this thing. A huge gamble that pays off a little bit later with uh, Proving Ground and some other episodes. But again, this is one of those decisions where the easy way out, they could have just fought a war. Hey, that sounds like the United States. Or you could uh, <laughs> take take some time and work and try to work some angles. The shipment, Enterprise, anybody, comments? I love, love this episode. It's I love Greylick. I love the element of like, because up to this point, there had been no universe within which Archer would ever conceive of trusting a member of the Zindi. And like, he didn't even conceive of them as people, right? He just conceived of them as the enemy and it was his job to go out and destroy them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right, post 9-11, US, United States of America, anyone? And like, this is the moment where, this is the moment where season three turns from a, a story about the Iraq war to a story about what should have happened, which is recognizing that people are people mm-hmm. and that yes, they might have strange motivations that don't match your own. But if you can just look past that and come to understand That's somebody right, else yeah. and yeah. what's driving them, you actually might see there's a third alternative other than blowing each other up. Yep. Uh, yep. That's exactly what happened. It's also the episode then also where it becomes, it goes from nine 11 parable to Star Trek episode. Yes. To the right. Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. So right. Yes. Because, so, you know, as I, my recollection at the time, just feeling very frustrated with that Zindi arc and, you know, the decisions Same. that they were making and Archer almost airlocking people. Just those things didn't yeah. jive well. And then, um, yeah, and then years later, really kind of rediscovering Enterprise and then being like, no, they did find a Star Trek. Yeah. 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 I was. And, and, yeah, I was just going to say that because this is the point where that whole arc, there was a moment yeah. for us. It's like I don't yeah. like comfortable with this. They're yeah, just yeah. going in guns blazing, and, and like every line for trips was desperate to get through. Yeah, you know, later on, I mean, like yeah. secondary systems, you know, like when Archer has to, you know, steal the warp corals from the, the yeah. ship, and you know, just yeah. do they have to do what they have to do? I mean, it's never get so desperate. It's always difficult, um, but this was a good yeah. turning point to show yeah. that oh yeah, we can stay on on message with kind of. Over because ultimately, this, the solution to that season, as much as we think about Azati Prime, Countdown, Zero Hour being big action set piece episodes, the actual solution to the season is about people working together mm-hmm. with each other. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Round one. We, we, we do this at first Archer mention. If we put all the Trek captains around a table and have them play poker, and uh, who's, who's winning? Uh, Kirk. Kirk. Kirk never loses. <laughs> well, they're not playing Bisbon. Uh, they would uh, be, but they would be by the they end. Would, they would be by the end. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think uh, Archer strikes me as he could be a sleeper in that in that category. That's what. No. Okay. I don't think he's got a good only with a giant bowl of unsalted bread uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a tight and a teeny tiny. Let me just, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on this and say not only would Kirk win, he would win easily. Oh yeah, he would be. The rest, Cisco, Picard, Archer, J. He would he would destroy them. That is just the truth. That's just the, um, hit me up on Twitter if you disagree. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Kirk would destroy them in poker. Okay. You call trick rings. <laughs> Round one. So Picard sending Riker in to play for him. And I love Picard. Oh, that would actually help. See, then if Picard did that, then Riker could, the Riker would compete. Okay, Deb. What's your pick? 
begin round one. All right. Um, my my number one pick is going to be a production, but it's also going to be in universe. Oh, I had yeah. to go for it. That's kind of like your last pick. Was right. I had to go for the dual gamble. So um, my five words are Red Angel flies to future. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag. This is my in universe part. But Leland's aboard. What? (laughs) Season two, 14, (laughs) Such Sweet Sorrow, part two. The production side that to take the show in the direction completely different. What a gamble. Yes. It was intended to be a prequel to TOS and all that. And they arced that whole season just to get to season three and change the direction of the show. And I love the 31st century. So, but the. The part that bugs me is that they're they're going and she's off and Spock's in the shuttle crap. Leland's on the damn ship. So it's this huge gamble that they're going to defeat control because they could be taking control right through to the 31st century. Was your hashtag Leland's aboard? Aboard. Oh, aboard. Okay, I was going with, I thought you were saying he's either a bore, which he was. <laughs> oh, aboard. aboard. Because he kind of had all those nails and things in him. He's on the ship. But you're saying Leland's aboard. Got Leland's it. There is actually aboard. There's a weird throwaway line in there about that kind of just that kind of navigates that. But it, I know what you're talking but about. But there it's isn't little, because. No, there was. There's a. I gotta figure out what it was. There's a weird little throwaway line where it's like, yeah, but we know he's here and we have him contained and we wouldn't know. It didn't make a lot of sense, but yes. Because it wasn't until Giorgio magnetized him in the spore cube that then all of a sudden that's when the rest of the ships just went dead and they were like, okay, let's. So clearly, until he was neutralized, the thing they're trying to get away from is on the damn ship. Well, Hello. But, That's so, a huge gamble that they're saying go. Yeah, I got you. So this fits as a gamble. It's a huge it. gamble. This was on my secondary systems. Um, my gamble was a little different. My gamble was just you have no idea what's on the outside, right? right? You're heading into the far future, but you have no idea what you're going to find when you get there. That is a gamble. Yeah. Because it might be terrible. And it could be pretty terrible. <laughs> I love that production though. That's a it's that's a great thought. Did you pick Red Angel as your episode or such No, we I picked Sorrow. Such We Sorrow okay, Part Two. Got it. Cool. I love that. Great shout out for Discovery. And Jamie, what is your all right? As we come to the end of my uh, literal gambling uh, uh, picks. My, uh, I got to go to one of my favorite episodes, given where we are. So my five words, uh, Vegasiest Trek since the Royale. Hashtag tonight, everyone's a winner. <laughs> and it is the gambling moment of Cisco playing craps uh, at the table, yeah. uh, d- d- distracting everyone in his gambit to create time for Odo and Nog's heist to be successful because... The fate of the universe is in the balance. I mean, sorry, the fate of uh, this hologram program uh, is in the balance. <laughs> and I love me some small stakes Trek, um, which is what I've really liked about Strange New Worlds recently. 
and uh, given we're here in Vegas, uh, all having a good time, I think uh, Bada Bing Bada Bang is a great pick for uh, a good gambler trek. So uh, you're here. That's a perfect pick for you too. Yes, my big Vic Fontaine fan. Uh, shout out to Fan Set's got my Vic Fontaine pin today, so uh, <laughs> I'm all happy. But yes, Bada Bing Bada Bang. The saving of Vic Fontaine, I love it. I have a lot of fun memories of watching this episode, and it's just fun, right? It's a really just fun. fun episode that it is sort of is just like that right like uh what if we just had a low stakes gambling episode right perfect right low stakes uh, gambling you don't do much of that do you josh no that's josh duffy our resident gambler that here been on my list. yeah <laughs> <laughs> who should be doing his exactly how is it that the guy who manages to flag himself a room at the aria because of how much he gambled Thanks off the top five. He was, was too lazy to do his homework for the other yeah. no, 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 no. because he was gambling. <laughs> Where's the money? I love it. Where's the money? That came up in sleazy locales. Okay, Josh, what's your number one pick? Number one. Five words. A bald British French captain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 Bob Justman knows best. Yes. It's the casting of Sir Patrick Stewart. Oh, brilliant. Hell yes, it is. Brilliant. To have gone from William Shatner's Kirk to the much more erudite Captain Picard. Huge, huge game role. One that not even Gene was necessarily on board with that had to be convinced. And thank God he was. Because... We wouldn't be here today without the, the most Patrick successful Stewart. gamble in Star Trek history is Jean Luc yeah. Picard. Mm-hmm. Well, just yeah. the fact that there's a conversation about Picard versus Kirk. Yeah. I mean, it's. It should it's, be no contest. You literally have recreated, you've just captured lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. What episode did you pick? Encounter? Encounter. It's our yeah. first appearance. Yeah. I love so this. The real gamble, though, would have been when that toupee came out of the box, right? Oh, <laughs> I know. I know. I kind of put that on him and looked. It took a Actually, couple of production shots, and then the. Uh, or you think that was a slam dunk? No gamble there. No, I think the flip side it would have been the gamble to go with a toupee. Yeah. <laughs> Because but wasn't it wasn't one of the key moments Roddenberry settled on 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 Patrick Stewart when he decided that they wouldn't care in the you know in the far future yes, when someone yes, was, right, was born right. or not so it was kind of like, after uh, and then to pay. yeah after yeah. seeing yeah right yeah and then he got on board yeah and was seeing after there oh yes yeah, yeah. good point good point yeah. okay. can't argue with gravitas that's an epic number one I yes, love that sounds so like Sounds like we might have another epic number one coming up. Alex, what do you got? Do. All right. It's my second unsuccessful gamble, but the biggest gamble, in my opinion, in Star Trek Oh, it's an history. unsuccessful gamble. It's an unsuccessful in gamble. universe. It's in universe. Okay. And you're about to find oh. out what it is. Five word summary. Let's just stop I can it. live with it. Oh. Oh. Hashtag erase that entire personal log. Sorry, that, that game would pay it off. Star Trek Deep Space Nine Season 6, Episode 19, In the Pale Moonlight. It did pay off, but not for Cisco, right? Like, the gamble that he thought he was making failed. The gamble that Garrick was making behind his back paid off. But the one that Cisco was doing the whole episode was a failure. The moment he walks into, into that office. Oh, you mean the... And the Freenak holds rod. up the isolinear rod yeah, and yeah, says okay. that it's a fake. Cisco's oh, gamble failed. It's a <laughs> <pay>. <laughs> Thank you. 
It's a fake. Cisco's gamble <laughs> failed. And yet, because there was someone slightly craftier gambling behind the scenes, one dead Romulan senator, yeah. a seemingly genuine optolithic data rod, <laughs> I ask you, which conclusion would you draw? It paid off. Uh, okay, I love that. So his, his goal was a home run, but his gamble with Dice on the Rod failed. Yes. Garrick's gamble failed. I love yes. it. That's brilliant. That's fantastic. In a pale moonlight, people. Come on. We've run the gamut of top track tonight. We seriously have hit a lot. Okay, fantastic. We'll close it out. I've got another one that I think is a major all-time great episode. And I previewed this pick a few weeks ago on Trek Ranch. We were doing our top five unjustly accused storylines. Ross Webster picked this episode. And I knew that this was going to be my number one pick. And I said, I said, I'm going to, I temporal causality loop. I teased it because I know no one would know what episode it was going to be. Because it's a real obscure gamble. But I love it. it this is the first one I thought of when it came up. Because I love this gamble. And I love the way they execute it. Five words and hashtag Janeway's reckless binary yes. pulsar gambit hashtag increased structural integrity. And it's Janeway flying the Voyager through the binary pulsar. Can I tell you, I was just listening to that episode earlier today and I was listening to you talk about it. And I was like, of course, that's a top five gamble. Oh, you knew it. Okay. Yeah. And it's on my secondary systems. I, I almost put it on my list, but then I was like, no, it just came up on episode two weeks ago. There's no way I'm putting it on my list. That's so funny. I, I I figured, I mean, it's kind of an obscure moment, but or, not like, I mean, it's a really yeah. well-respected episode, but it's an underrated episode. Well, she asked Tuvok the odds, and he's like, not good. No, yeah, she's <laughs> like, uh, I estimate the odds at one in 10. Tuvok's like, it's one in 20. <laughs> but it's really well executed. The tension of it, because you got these creepy, the aliens, yep. they're called the Siravani. And they're just like, you're not going to do this. You're not. And she's like, oh, I'm doing it because you've been testing all my abilities and yada, yada. And she's ready to explode. She's like, you're making me do this. And I love it because then they're just like, last second, they're like, all right, we're getting our ships and getting out. And one of them blows up, which is awesome. I love that because they get yeah. just desserts. Yeah, the whole production on this is amazing. Just It's just a great finale and a great gamble. Uh, scientific method, anybody. Love it. Love it. Great episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, right. number one. I feel like that episode, that's one that gets picked a lot on Trek Ranks, isn't it? It, uh, I mean, it's pretty popular. I think there was, yeah. Let's do a quick, let's do a quick search. Control F. Scientific method has come up. Oh my God. This it's only been picked, it's been, it's been picked four times. That's not, not bad. That's not bad. That's not that's not bad. Yeah, four times. Okay, fantastic. Let's hear some secondary systems picks. Deb, what do you got? Let's see what you can do with the secondary systems. Star Trek 2009 recasting, rebooting, and having an alternate timeline for the entire series. That makes perfect sense. I love it. Jamie, you got any? I've got plenty. Okay. Uh, let's let's start with uh, Hanok from um, Starship Down, is it? Yeah. Uh, who... Uh, in a key moment, uh, lectures the audience, uh, as well as Quark, uh, gambling is the last recourse of the desperate. Only a fool would risk losing what he has to chance. Oh, my God. That's a uh, message for you there, Josh. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought that would be a great moment. Um, I've, I've got a couple of others. 
Well, then there's the cork moment too when he pulls the rod out of the yes, yes, torpedo. Yes, yeah, exactly. And then, and that's and what then, that's what this by the end of the episode. They're buddies. Hannah, it's like I love gambling. I love gambling. I gamble, gamble on everything. Yeah. It's it's that's that's yeah. the whole point for that little seat uh, yeah. plot or whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's great fun. Um, has Mazzaro's karma barge from All In? <laughs> okay, the, uh, all bit in. of discovery there. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm disappointed. Move along home didn't get any. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not really. It's not a gamble. Some of the Royale, the Royale didn't get mentioned tonight. Plenty of gambling in the Royale. Yeah. Um, Baby needs a new pair of shoes. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. And uh, I'll finish with one of my favorite episodes of DS9 that no one else likes in the world, which is Rivals. Uh, of course, oh, we have. Uh, no, I, a lot of people don't like that. It's I like it. It's, like, it's, 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 it's a fun one. It's so much fun. I like it. It's just a, again, low stakes track is where I'm at. Uh, we've just accidentally replicated a device that changes the laws of probability. You know, I mean, that's just a regular <laughs> Thursday. On uh, it happens. You know, that uh, sounds like a lower decks plot. Though. That's yeah. <laughs> and, and lower decks have already surely this season. Uh, aren't they? They're actually grabbing onto the. Um, they're going to lean into whatever Bashir wears playing Rackathol or Springball. Oh, yeah. Bajoran Springball, right? So, uh, whatever, whatever, um, whatever he's wearing, I think that that particular suit that he's wearing is going to make it come back into Trek, I think. Uh, so anyway, okay. rivals, like rivals, good gambling. I'd like to go on Mardis Mazar's Carver Bars. The Carver Bars is cool. I will say Rivals is bottom 10. Oh, yeah. Bottom 10. Wow. Sorry, Matt. Still Mazzaro good, though. Really still good, though, right? It's, uh... Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's still yeah. better than basically anything that's not... It's one of the top 179 episodes of Team Space Nine, right? Josh, what do you got? Um... Well, I didn't have enough time to put together an official secondary system. No, no, no. Oh, yes, have it. Don't worry about uh, it. Uh, that said, um, I'd like to like highlight the Zendi arc. Yes, that's a are just huge, and um, that's a big production. To have, to have gone huge production gamble, which a whole full season story arc, uh, and to have gone from going, you know, feeling like the show suddenly going very right wing and very nine eleven post nine eleven, to then finding that Star Trek message at the end. Uh, Chef's because, you know, and, and of course, you know, the Baltimore where Archer has to, uh, you know, steal of the, the warp core, uh, warp core coils. Uh, yeah. It's just a great blow slash gamble for him uh, that, that he has to live with. Sim also uh, tough to the tough decision. Yeah. Okay, Alex. We've done most of mine by two more. One successful gamble, one unsuccessful gamble. Successful gamble, Captain Dathan's plan to connect with Picard and Darmok. Mm-hmm. What a gamble. Yeah. Being down to a planet to, like, take on some weird creature or, you know, like, with nothing but a pair of ceremonial knives. It's a pretty big gamble. <laughs> <laughs> gamble that didn't pay off. This is not going to be ultra-current by the time this episode comes out, but it's ultra-current for those of us in the room. Star Trek Lower Deck Season 3, Episode 1, Grounded. The lower deck is making the decision to go steal the Cerritos to try and clear cash in. Spoiler alert, I'm uh, halfway through. <laughs> I'm halfway through. <laughs> I know. I thought I already was 
spoiler alert at the beginning of the <laughs> oh, yeah. Black yeah. alert, black alert. Black alert. Black knew alert. what she was It didn't pay off, right? Because they had nothing to do with the resolution to the episode. Oh, no, that's a real spoiler. I love oh, it. Okay. This is great. That's a great one. I good. love it. Brilliant. I've, one more has come to okay. mind. Cisco leaving his baseball behind oh, uh, at the, oh, as, the, as the station because we know how much that means to him. The gambles yep. that he's never and seen. And there's no guarantee he's going to get that back. So, there you go. Sorry. Okay, I have a couple more. Yesterday's Enterprise was on my Picard's gamble to send them back in time. I had out of universe the decision as part of the Enterprise series launch to make the Vulcans kind of the foils yes. oh, yeah. have to Jeez. kind of earn their way yes. up. Yes. The hardest decisions they made. And a huge sure. gamble. A yep. huge gamble. That's were turned off by it. And the, but when you look at were. it in retrospect, yeah. it makes exactly. 100% sense. Yep. But at and some like, level, it was, it might. Accepted it. Yep. It, it was a yeah. tough gamble early because yeah. a lot of people didn't like it yeah. because of that. So, but it yeah. was a big gamble. Well, it's a gamble also. A lot of those early decisions were a gamble against people's preconceptions of what they thought was gamble. Yes, exactly. stuff we never actually right. seen, but it's just something people inferred. Same thing's happening with Strange New Worlds, and and yeah. then yeah, and then I had. Are you saying uh, that Star Trek fans read a lot into stuff and may make up uh, <laughs> stuff themselves that isn't necessarily seen on screen? Is that what you're suggesting? No, yeah. no. All oh, right, okay, sorry. I also have Space Nazi at the end of uh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah, especially yeah. yeah. They weren't even sure they were even getting reviewed. Not even yeah. sure they were coming back. Right. Plus, Imagine if that was the after end of Star Trek. It could have been the end of Star Trek. There were some people who would argue that that would have been better than what actually finished it. And then no, I had my last one. No, no, I had Picard in Booby Trap, his kind of gamble to push the ship towards oh, the yeah. asteroid uh-huh. spin out. Yeah. And then my last one, I would have picked Spock's gamble of blowing up the flare, in, uh, blowing up the plasma oh, exhaust in Galileo 7, but I pick Galileo 7 all the time. So I'm picking that as my special shout out alongside Trip, blowing up the engine in Shuttle Pod 1 and doing the same thing. Yep. An engineer so. does not blow up his own engine. <laughs> I love it. All right. Amazing. Yeah, I got a couple. Yeah, oh, hey! yes. Ken, hey! no, no, jump please, in. Edit this out if you talk Ken, about it no, in. jump in. Jump in. What do you got? So I'm going to say using Voyager to launch UPN. Oh, uh, that's a good yeah, one. Nice. And yeah. using Discovery to sort of give CBS all access to three yes. big boosts. Yeah. Sure. Yep. Dropping the title Star Trek from Enterprise. Yeah. Oh, big gamble. Are, are these all fail gambles? But like Forager launching UPN. That was a big one. Didn't really it didn't really work. Fail. But no, but it didn't really it didn't succeed either. Oh, oh, there were lots of UPN projects. did not succeed. UPN didn't work. Succeed. I know. My right, point right. is UPN didn't work. It, not, yeah, it wasn't Voyager's fault. That's not Star Trek's fault. I know, but I'm saying it wasn't a it's yeah. a <laughs> and the Star Trek. This was an Alex fail gamble. Okay. What you're saying? Uh, not blaming Jane White. Launching. I'm not blaming Jane White. Launching TNG as a sequel into syndication. Yes. Yeah. That's a huge. That's yeah. a big one. And by the way, that launched the whole industry. It sure mm-hmm. is. So everybody when started. We wouldn't have Zena. Zena. Twenty-five. I love it. Those are good. Those are good. A couple, oh, if I can. If I yes, can Josh. The Shatner and Michelle Nichols kiss. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a big gamble. That's a sociological gamble, yeah. And and trials and tribulations. 
um, yeah. on the production side. If that hadn't been as successfully oh, that's done, so true. Um, I could see that you know being looked at as a as a big failure because it had to be what it was, right? Anything less would have been a disaster. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, if they that up, it would have been terrible. That's a huge gamble. I like it. Yeah, what doesn't seem like a gamble, but from what it sounds like from what we've all heard behind the scenes, making Voyager's captain a woman. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for the for its time. You'd like to think it wasn't, but I guess it was. It was. Yeah. I mean, from a production, from a studio production side, definitely a big gamble. Yeah. There are still people that don't like. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Awesome job. Let's get into our regeneration cycle and quickly recap our picks. Computer, activate regeneration cycle. Alcoves beta and gamma. Okay, Deb, break it down. Run them through real quick. Number five, I had Enterprise Awakening Season 4. And <laughs> number four, I had Lower Decks, Wes Juge. Three, I had DS9, Emissary. Two, TNG, Cause and Effect. And number one, number one pick, Discovery, Such Sweet Sorrow, Part Two. Fantastic. So you spread it around. Enterprise, Lower Decks, D Space Nine, TNG, and Discovery. Jamie. My number five pick uh, is we'll always have Tom Paris from Lower Decks. Number four, more Tom Paris, um, is the episode Meld from Voyager. Uh, <laughs> number three, Gamesters of Triskelion from the original series. Number two, uh, Treachery, Faith, and the Great River, Nog from DS9. And my number one pick uh, is Cisco at the craps table, the way both I would like to be, and I'm sure Josh will be later on this <laughs> evening. Uh, chucking cold hard cash in the air uh, in butter bing butter bang in uh, DS9 season. So you had two Deep Space Nine and then TOS, Voyager, and Lower Decks. Josh, how about you? Number five, uh, bringing in Marth Bennett to produce Wrath uh, of Khan. Uh, number four, uh, the introduction of the character Sela. Number three, the entirety of Deep Space Nine. <laughs> uh, with a highlight, every moment, highlight every towards, single uh, second. Exactly. Get that in the spreadsheet. <laughs> um, number two, Mr. Worf, fire. Uh, and number one, the casting of Sir Patrick Stewart. That's fantastic. You had three from TNG, one from TOS, one from Deep Space Nine. So that's interesting. Alex, how about you? Uh, number five, Tom Paris again. Great character, leader Voyager in Basics Part One. Number four, Troy gambling on not separating the saucer in Disaster. Number three, Pike reaching out to the Romulan captain in A Quality of Mercy. Number two, Janeway makes a deal with the Borg in Scorpion Part One. And number two, Cisco unsuccessfully dupes Vrenak in In the Pale Moonlight. <laughs> I love the unsuccessful gambles. Two from Voyager, one from TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Strange New Worlds. And my picks was number five, Quark in the House of Quark with a couple of gambles. Jake Sisko in a call to arms and his gamble to stay behind. Tomorrow is yesterday. The ultimate Kirk speech risk is our business. The biggest gamble. The number two, the shipment from Enterprise. Number one, scientific method and Janeway's taking the ship to the binary star. So I had one from two from Deep Space Nine, 
One from TOS, one Enterprise, and one Voyager. Okay, I actually totaled up some stats. I can't believe it. I was so distracted. So we had five picks that were actual gambling going on. I had four for you, and you had somebody else had one. I had the poker. You had, yeah, one. Okay. Yeah. And then there was one duplicate, so that's cool for uh, – what was that? The uh, Space Nine. Yeah, of course. And here's our breakdown. We had eight – Different incarnations picked. I love when that happens. Eight out of 12 is pretty damn good. So there's one from Strange New Worlds and Discovery, two from Lower Decks and Enterprise, three from TOS, a four from Voyager, five from TNG, and Deep Space Nine led the way with seven, which makes sense since there's a gambling establishment right there. <laughs> <laughs> Like that. Okay, those picks. More way. No, what am I saying? <laughs> okay, once again, great episode. Once again, <laughs> we've been hit by a temporal distortion. So before we get apart, it's time to hear from you. The temporal distortions are fracturing space time throughout the ship. Cause unknown. Oh, we know the cause, Mr. Tuvok. all the amazing feedback we continue to receive from our listeners here at Trek Ranks and this week's temporal distortion that sent us back to episode 136. Our top five sleazy locale. <laughs> last live show in Chicago at the convention. And that was a great show. I'm just going to relay three quick picks we got that are awesome. One is from Caleb at Rogue Mode, friend of the show. He had a pick. Next five rounds are on me. Hashtag a taxor's money well spent. And it is the Andorian District Bar on Tilgana 4 in Lower Decks Online. Oh, yeah. It's a great, great thing. <laughs> and then we have from Abby Summer, our friend at Abby Summer, she had Sloan's Brain from Deep Space Nine, oh, yeah. Extreme oh. Measures, a very sleazy so. cow. And then Adam Sanders at Mitzfan1701. He had Damon Tog's ship in Menage à Troy, <laughs> the episode we watched last night in a this hotel room when we hit our random search for an episode we got Menage à Troy. Okay, once again, those picks more than enough to clear ourselves from this week's temporal distortion. So as always, keep your picks coming to me at Trek Ranks. We can retweet them, but we also want to hear from you. So put together your own list of top five Trek gambles or a list from any of our past shows. Give us a call. At the Tricorder Transmissions at 609-512-5527. Or just send me a link. Record it yourself. We can do it that way. We love getting your voicemails. All right. So hopefully we'll hear from you so you can be featured on the next episode of Trek Ranks. And on the next episode of Trek Ranks, we are doing. It's our final one out of our 15-part series of... Guilty pleasures and underrateds and high concept. It's our last one. Top five high concept TOS episodes. That's where we're closing it out. So for the group, start thinking about your TOS high concept episode that you would pick if you had a phaser pointed at your head. Debbie, take your time. Take a little break. I can't. I can't. I mean, there's a million one. Okay, Josh, we're starting with you. Mirror, mirror. I mean, start it uh, off. I mean, it's I mean huge. the most high concept of high concept. High concept and, and set uh, the tone for science fiction for 60 years. That that the, the goatee is a universal symbol for the evil universe. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah. Jamie. I'll go with Assignment Earth. It was 
such a high concept. It was the concept for a whole other show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was, it was a pitch for something, something else. I right. mean, when was, I wonder when the first television backdoor pilot actually aired. I mean, I don't think that was it, but it was right there. I mean, it couldn't be too many before that. Highest of high concepts you can get. Backdoor Thank pilot. You. I love it. Debbie. Alex, <laughs> classic <laughs> favorite of mine, A Taste of Armageddon. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. huge like, yeah, yeah, just the idea of like fighting a war without, in, fighting, without a war. fighting a war, right? Like, yeah, I love it when you can distill it down to just no, that. Like, computers are gonna fight the war for you and you're gonna kick. So yeah, that's pretty high concept. Ken Riley in the peanut gallery, what do you got? I'm gonna Oops. give a shout out to a wink of an eye. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, after the normal. They're moving fast. I thought about that for these. That's, yeah, that's pretty fun. good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be... I'm like blanking here. Um, I'm, Josh Duffy, what do you got? I'm going after Debbie. Stop naming all the episodes. Catchball. <laughs> Alternative factor. Oh, that's pretty high concept. That's pretty high concept. It's pretty... not necessarily top five. Oh, my God. <laughs> That is bonkers. Tomorrow is yesterday. There you go. Oh, that's a huge one. Yeah. Yes. Tomorrow is yesterday is a fantastic. Just the title alone. I mean, the title is a masterpiece, the literary masterpiece. I love it. Okay. Before we wrap it up, a huge thanks to our entire crew here Debbie Montesanti, Jamie McGregor, Josh Zeller, Alex Perry. In the studio audience, everybody that's here, we appreciate you all coming on board. I was wondering if you could show me how to access these subspace communications logs. And we're going to do that right now, Mr. Neelix. So we're closing it off. Any final tricks? Subspace communications. Anyone wants to relay before we depart? Yay, Trek Rack. Okay. All right, thanks for engaging with us. Let's go gambling. Right. <laughs> gambling. I'm, I'm ready to lose some money. Yes. Episode 144 of the Trek Rank Podcast. As always, you can close by. Uh, I'm looking forward to standing with you again <laughs> in this place. Right along. That's good enough. Do you wish that the first Apollo mission hadn't reached the moon, or that we hadn't gone on to Mars and then to the nearest star? That's like saying you wish that. You still operated with scalpels and sewed your patients up with catgut like your great-great-great-great-grandfather used to. I'm in command. I could order this. But I'm not. Because Dr. McCoy is right in pointing out the enormous danger potential in any contact with life and intelligence as fantastically advanced as this but i must point out that the possibilities the potential for knowledge and advancement is equally great risk risk is our business that's what the starship is all about that's why we're aboard her
just want to remind everyone again that the entire Trek Ranks catalog is available for you to download and listen to at trekranks.com and on your podcast player of choice. Our episodes never get carbon data, so check out the topics you've missed and maybe just want to listen to again over at trekranks.com. And a reminder to check out our friends Five Year Mission at fiveyearmission.net. They're writing a song for every episode of Star Trek, and you won't believe how great their music is. They also have a podcast at the Trek Geeks Network, so seek them out. You won't regret it. And you've called yourself superior. You're murderers! Without the spirit to really wage it for the lives you take. Wager, explain yourself, Captain. My people pride themselves on being the greatest, most successful gamblers in the universe. We compete for everything. Power, fame, women, everything we desire. And it is our nature to win. For proof, I offer you our exploration of this galaxy. We are aware of your competitive abilities, Captain. Well, then, I wager... With weapons of your own choice. Right here now, my people can overcome an equal number of thralls set against us. A hundred quatloos on the newcomers. Four hundred quatloos against the newcomers. Two hundred quatloos against. Five hundred for the newcomers. Contest by multiple elimination. Wait, wait, hear me. We can't wager for trifles like quatloos. Stakes must be higher. Name your stakes, Captain. 